Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Taboo Talks. Today I'm joined by Professor of Information Systems, Stephanie Watts. Thank you for having me. And my CEO, Gigi. Hello everyone. Professor, would you like to introduce yourself and give us a little background? Sure. I am 61 years old, and I have been at BU since 2001, teaching and researching and doing the duties of a professor in the Information Systems Department. Before that, I was at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Before that, I was in industry, but I did my PhD here in Information Systems. And what is your research focused on? Well, I started out by researching the effects of media. So how does it affect how your brain works when you are, you know, using a chat, say, how that is different from being face-to-face. Same with video, same with telephone, like how that affects how your brain, cognition. And then after I got tenure, I moved into the area of corporate social responsibility where I did some work there. And then most recently, as you know, I did some research on women in male-dominated fields. Which one is the one you enjoy researching the most? Oh, I enjoyed all of them. I mean, it's nice to be able to move around and not just study one thing all the time. And could you give us a little background about yourself, where you grew up? I'm mostly from New England. I lived in Hawaii when I was your age. I went to Brown University, which is in Providence, Rhode Island. And I have a son who's grown now who lives in Barcelona. I unfortunately got divorced, so his father is my friend, but we don't live together. And actually, I'm not going to be working here too much longer because I'm going to be returning to my roots in the arts and moving away from high tech. Gigi, if you want to introduce yourself again, welcome. I'm sophomore at BU. I'm studying information systems and finance at Questrom. I'm very passionate about the startup world, the VC world, and yeah, that's why we're doing this. And as you all know, I'm Paula, I'm your host, co-founder and CTO of D-Stick Femme, and we're all really excited to have you. With that, we're going to get started. So my first question was, how do you think your background shapes you? Well, I guess personal is political, so you should know that part of the reason that I knew that I had to make money was because my father left the family, so I learned not to, you know, trust that a man would take care of me, and it was a hard lesson, but it was a good lesson for my personal financial choices, and also to know I needed a graduate degree, and, you know, to know that I had to take care of myself, basically, so that's one thing. Let's see, I was born in Afghanistan because we were there for medicine, my father's a doctor. I guess that has helped me have appreciation always for cultures that are not dominant Western culture. Gigi, what's your take on this? I agree. I think it's so important for women to have their own careers, and I think maybe it wasn't that important before, or people didn't think it was. I was also raised in a way where my mom always told me to make sure I, you know, I have my own resources and that I can take care of myself if I ever need to. My second question is, since you're here, we wanted to get your perspective Do you think it gets harder as we get older? Are there more stereotypes? Do people judge more? From the research I did, I found that it just varies so much between different types of workplace. Some are wonderful places for women to work, particularly if you have a female boss. Other workplaces can be extremely toxic. And I talked to young women that came home and cried every night for a year or two. My advice to them is quit the job once you realize it's toxic before it hurts your self-esteem because a lot of them were getting crushed. Does it get harder or easier? I think that when you're young, uh, men have more patience 
friends because you're more beautiful. <laughs> and once you're less beautiful, often men are, you know, not as interested in helping you or mentoring you or being even being nice mm-hmm. to you. Thing is, I would say my advice to young women is make sure your workplace is full of men. That's where you make money. If you go to a workplace full of women, I guarantee you the pay is going to be low in teaching and nursing and whatever those careers were that our mothers had to take because they couldn't go into information systems and banking and investments and finance. It's a double-edged sword in a way because the more money that you want to make, the more men you're going to be around. I agree with what you said. Women have an advantage. They can use their beauty. But then, of course, eventually, as you said, am I going to be not useless, but am I just going to... Like Hopefully, by the time you're not as pretty, you're very successful. Hopefully, yeah. And then you have the power and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's crazy because a lot of our value in society as women is directly proportional to how pretty we are. Mm-hmm. And when you get older, either you're very successful and people respect you or it's sort of like you're just there. You're a housewife or you're the wife of ex. Yes, exactly. It has to do with how you're socialized too. I mean, if you think that's fine, that's fine. If you've always thought that you're going to be a housewife and then you are a housewife, then that's fine for you because that's all you ever wanted. Yeah, that's the success for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think even if you're surrounded by people who support you, you still should have an education of how to control and manage your finances and your career because you cannot depend on anyone. That just gives the other person power and can lead to a lot of issues. And, you know, people don't respect you as much. Yeah, and we're definitely speaking from a privileged advantage. We live a good life. And a lot of people don't get this. But I do think it's uh, really important to have an education because eventually people will respect you. But before that, even, you have to respect yourself. You were talking about the woman that they didn't quit their job. Why do you think they weren't quitting? Well, there's a, the, they tell you if you go to career planning services when you're in college, they always say you should keep your first job. You expect to keep it for two or three years because that looks better on your resume than if you're bouncing around. But I say that don't listen to them because you should quit as soon as you possibly can. And maybe sometimes you don't even put that job on your resume. You should be able to tell right away if people are treating you poorly. And then don't put up with it. You know, go someplace else. Yeah, the most important thing is to be comfortable where you end up. And if you feel like you're not for men and women, then you should just quit and move on. I have a question. Do you think it's important for women to be in these male-dominated spaces to kind of pave the path for other Younger women? Well, it's true that if there's no women, it's going to be harder for women. Some of the interviewees that I had told me that that their company hired a lot of young women out of college. So there's a big, you know, cohort of women at the entry level. And then as women advance, they often quit because they want to do childcare or they decide they don't like it for whatever reason. So that there's much fewer women as you go up the ladder. And that some women were complaining that the women directly above them were not supportive. Almost as if the women at the top felt like there was only only enough room for one woman on the board. So then they weren't very supportive of those people directly below them. They were supportive of the ones way below. But I'm not sure that that's really a problem. I, I know that it was for one of the women that I interviewed, but other women were like, no, no, that that has not been an issue for them. I mean, it doesn't make much sense that women don't support women, but at the same time, in male-dominated industries, if you're already at the top and you made it, you might feel like you can't support the woman directly underneath you because they might take your job. But that's what Gigi and I always talk about. If there's no woman at the top, how are the rest supposed to get there? I wanted to ask, can we get some insight on how men have treated you? Do they still respect you? And how do you think men act? Are they more work-driven than women? I think it's helped me a lot to basically ignore it. And I noticed a lot of the women that I talked to felt that way too, that if they had brought these issues up and challenged men on when they were being sexist, that they wouldn't have advanced as far as they Mm -hmm. did. 
partly they advanced because they weren't threatening the order of things. So I think it helped me that I wasn't identified as as a feminist per se. I just mm-hmm. I don't think I come across as a very sexual woman, and I think that probably helped me in my career. I put myself out there as a human. I expect them to be human, and then we all just get along fine. I'm not a woman. You're not a man. We're just human. I feel like that's a really good <laughs> yeah. ideology. Do you think that we should continue to have this conversation, or it would be better to just kind of ignore... I think you need to continue it because I think things have gotten worse. Here's my theory. So when feminism first started, I think the male patriarchy was like, okay, fine, we'll let them play around. But now that we're really threatening, that we actually Mm -hmm. are taking positions of power, now it's gotten worse in a lot of ways. And we have these things called incels, these men that they're called involuntary celibate. They want to kill women because women aren't sleeping with them. When I was younger, there was much more free sex. I'll tell you that. And I think it kept the guys happier. (laughs) 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 They were all like, yay, women. (laughs) Woohoo. Yeah, that's very interesting because I think I've experienced some situations where the guys that I'm talking to, they'll just say, oh, it's 2023, you know, like gender is not an issue. You shouldn't, you know, victimize yourself. And I don't know, sometimes it's hard to know where to draw the line. That's true. I I think men of your generation are better. The impression I got from my interviews was that a lot of the men that were mean to these girls were older. This is in IT and in finance. I only interviewed Mm -hmm. people in IT and finance, particularly in finance. The women just, they weren't invited. They were not invited to go out for drinks after work. They weren't invited to go golfing. And that was not my experience. I went running with the guys. I mm-hmm. went out drinking after work with the guys. Do you think it's, as you said, that you were like sexual towards them or also like you established? Because I feel like sometimes women have to like stand their position and say, I'm here and you're going to respect me because I'm going to work with you, not for you. I never said anything overt ever. And when I did my interviews, a lot of the younger women did. I mean, they talked about all the hard conversations they've had. I was impressed and kind of shocked and none of the women my age they pretty much said that if they had acted like that they wouldn't have gotten ahead how do you think we should manage expectations of how successful we can become because i know there's only so much you can do if you want to be a mother and also work and be incredibly successful in career yeah i think that takes a lot look at ruth bader ginsburg Okay, she was a Supreme Court Justice of the United States, so she was extremely successful. It was because of her husband. She had an awesome husband. Her husband was completely supportive of her, and for example, he did all the cooking. He certainly helped out a great deal and respected her. I mean, he had a big career, too. I think he was a lawyer as well. But she totally attributes her ability to be able to be successful at the level that she was to the fact that she had a really, really helpful, supportive spouse. Definitely something to think about because often when we choose husbands, we choose them because they're successful. that's also something that I've talked to my mom about why we said should have a career if you don't then you're less likely to be respected it's hard for me to wrap my mind around what that would be like not to understand all the things that I know I know the world I know how the world works Mm -hmm. I understand technology I understand business it must be hard for them I mean it makes them feel sort of inadequate they can't be in the world of men so with me if I'm at a party and I meet a bunch of successful businessmen they're happy to talk to me yeah and you know how to talk to them and I'm able to discuss things with them that they're interested in. If you've never worked, the only thing you have to talk about is your kids. I don't think that's necessarily healthy for the kids either to have that 100% devotion. It was good for my son to know that sometimes I can't pick you up. I think it's tricky because my goal in life is to be successful or have a good career, be established, respected. But I also like really want to be a mother. You can't give it all to your career because then you leave your kid behind, but you can't give it all to your kid because then you can't have a career. And that's a pressure that we face today as women. If we can't balance both, does it mean we didn't succeed? And also the single mother stereotype. 
I feel like people might look down on you even more than if you had a husband. Yeah, well, it very much depends on the culture and the, how supportive the society is for having children. In Europe, for example, there's much better childcare options than there is here. You have to figure out somehow a way to come up with $1,000 a month minimum, maybe 1500 mm. or more if it's a baby. And nobody wants to put their little three-month-old baby into daycare anyway, yeah. so that's that issue. But it's really important to pick the right spouse. Pick the right spouse. Don't just pick the sexy one. <laughs> Don't just <laughs> pick the advice. one that's going to be, you know, cool. Don't worry about whether they're rich. Get, find your best friend that's going to help you. Mm -hmm. If you have a best friend that's going to help you, then you can do it, I think. Like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's very good advice. Yeah, I, actually, I feel kind of terrible to be having this come down to choosing a good spouse. Because <laughs> that's... Really not the message. I mean, you don't need a spouse, but, but um, I think the most important thing is to be really interested in your career. If you're not very interested in it, you're just not going to go to the highest level. Yeah, I agree. If you don't love what you do, then yeah. why are you even doing it? Like Time is precious, so exactly. if you don't love it. That's great. And how have you, in your career, remained confident? It probably helped that I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed. I just had to pay the rent. And I will say one thing about being a single mother, because I had the money, so we were together for only until my son was about two and a half. And after that, I got to make all the decisions <laughs> about my son, and he's extremely successful. I'm really glad that I got to make the decisions about how to raise him, mm -hmm. because there were some areas where his father disagreed, and I'm like, tough, you know, I'm doing it my way. Yeah. If the father's really super strict and the mother's not strict at all, it can ruin the marriage. I mean, I think nowadays that there's a lot lot more people that don't want to get married and I think sometimes having friends in your family might be easier than like someone that you're more prone to fight with. That's where I am now. Now I'm like there's no possible way I'm ever living with anybody ever again. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Give me millions of dollars I still wouldn't do it but that's because I've my whole life I've been putting men ahead of me. And how does it feel to put yourself ahead? I am loving life now. Oh absolutely <laughs> loving life. I buy stuff and it's still in the fridge there. <laughs> it doesn't magically disappear. It doesn't magically disappear. Do you have any questions you would like to ask us or any last advice for the younger generation? Uh, well, I think one thing that's interesting about looking for not just careers, but men, you don't end up deciding what you want and then going for it. You end up trying all different things and deciding that's what you don't want. You try a career yeah. and you don't like it, so you try something else. Yeah. You try a man, you don't like it, so you try another one. Try new things. Always try new things. Always try new things. I'm, I am like certified diver. I was a Taekwondo wow. brown belt. I was on the ski team. What's the next thing you're going to try? Well, I'm going to Thailand, um, wow. Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam in the That's fall. That's really cool. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you, Fun everyone. to be able to give advice. That's all we have for today. If you listeners have any questions, you know you can send an email at dstickfam at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at dstickfam. It was a pleasure having you both. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.